0: Welcome to the Joy Factory Monthly, and inappropriately named podcast for the Joy Factory Project. On today's show, my guest and I will talk about the absolutely magnificent and perfect world of Synthwave and his new album. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining me on this adventure of virtual nerdery. I am your host, Sean Duke, proprietor of the Skiffy and Fanti Show, professor of nerdly things, and sometime writer and TTRPG dork, and today, super amateur music guy. Uh, If you're here, it means you fell down a magic well into some kind of alternate reality. Welcome, we have Mud Pies. And with me today is the G, best known in nerd circles as the Supreme Lord of Multi-Hugo Award-nominated fanzine Nerds of a Feather, A literary and film critic, and of extra importance for today, an EDM musician operating heavily in the synthwave and synth pop spheres of music. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So we're here to talk about synthwave because you obviously do synthwave. And so given that you're a a musician who has has professionally produced synthwave, I have given you the most difficult task of all, which is what is synthwave?
1: Well, there's a few ways to think about it. But to me, The best definition is that this is a modern style of electronic dance music that draws upon the popular culture and, you know, both musical and cultural tropes of the 1980s. A lot of people think of it as, you know, 80s revival music or retro 80s music. music. And in reality, it is retro 80s in an aesthetic sense. But most synthwave doesn't really sound like the music of the 1980s you know, what it brings to mind more would be, I guess you could say, kind of the ambient culture of the 1980s. So think about, for example, the opening credits to Terminator. That's the most synthwave thing I've ever seen in my life. But also things like, you know, advertisements, 80s understandings of what the future would look like, this idea that this was, you know, some people, cultural critics sometimes talk about the, uh, you know, the cultural singularity, And the point after which, and I think Paul Kincaid has written about this, that there's a certain point after which people stop feeling like the future is knowable. Well, the 1980s in some respects really was the last time when people felt like the 80s was something that you could project and you could understand. We're going to go to space. We're going to be able to hack into things. What are we hacking into? Nobody really knows. There's going to be some kind of connectivity. There's going to be, you know, robot butlers, and there's going to be all kinds of stuff. Like, remember those? I don't know if you remember this, but there used to be these honeycomb cereal ads and it was these kids in a treehouse with a robot. Basically, it's of course I'm going to have a robot when I'm older. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that synthwave's really drawing upon. It's that that kind of cultural idea. This idea of what did the future look like in 1984 or 1983 or 1985 musically? It is definitely a style of synth pop, synthesizer forward. You know, there will be vocals in a lot of synthwave, including some of mine guitar. I've got guitar on some of my songs and there's a lot of very guitar heavy synthwave as well. But the synthesizer is the main event, the synthesizer and the drum machine. And typically people are using, you know, emulations or sometimes the real deal of vintage equipment from that era. So for drum machines, um, Roland 707 drum machine or a Lin drum. For synthesizers, the Cork Poly 6 or the Roland Juno 106 or Juno 60, the Jupiter 8, things like that. And You're not really recreating the techniques of that time, but you're taking those building blocks and then transporting them into a modern context where you have a modern digital audio workstation like Logic or Ableton Live or something like that, Fruity Loops, and uh, the modern convenience of making music with software and the ability to have almost a
0: whole studio compressed into your laptop. And then what happens when you put those two things together? And that's really,
1: to me, what Synthwave
0: is. I think that's interesting you raise you know the, if we think about this in a different way you know one thing would be to say okay there're all these like building blocks in the 80s right which are are preceded by people literally like having to figure out ways of making electronic music without the existence of synthesizers right so like the doctor who theme is is an entirely electronic theme and yet, it's done by lots of very painstaking cutting of of tape to actually make the sounds and do the repetitions and all of these things. And then, obviously, the '80s—you know—the the, the rise of the synth uh, and all of these technologies make it a little bit easier. But there's still a lot of experimentation. So, if you think about it, if we're taking the building box of the '80s synth wave is like, what if we took that, but now. We have all the technological ability that we have now to play with the, the aesthetic or the sound aesthetic that existed at that time, you know. And, and to mind, I, I think of things like you know Gary Newman or uh, folks like uh, Depeche Mode or some of the others in that era who were doing a lot of very clever work with electronic music and being innovators at that time. With by comparison today, extraordinarily limited technological capability. You know, now like you have like 8000 cents in your one platform, you know, then they had to buy them <laughs> They had to like have a room full of synthesizers. So, yeah, it, it's kind of wild to think about all of those changes and the way that we can now take, you know, musical stylings of the past, but then inject all of the new ways of thinking about music the new styles and the new technologies to sort of play around with them and make them fuller and i would say that in synthways case a lot of times what you get is you'll get like i, I would think in this case like tangerine dream with the blade runner soundtrack there's that like deepness in that soundtrack a lot of synthway brings a lot of that deepness into the sound into that synth waviness not all of it but that's been the thing that has been really like filling me up a lot which is this like real deep synth wavy sound. In fact the opening song of your piece has that uh, of your album. The opening tune has this real deep layering of, of all of the synths with the the, the the sort of pattern that you've used throughout. It's just really beautiful, by the way. I like that song. Thank that you. one's been earworming me all day. <laughs> yeah. So I,
1: I think what's what's interesting is that you have you know, in the nineteen eighties you had this basically revolution of making music, which is MIDI. MIDI is a protocol for allowing electronic instruments to communicate with each other and sync their clocks. So, you know, before MIDI, let's say you had, you know, Kraftwerk was an all-electronic band. You know, there were some ways to sequence things, but a lot of the time, you know, you have are four, four people up on a stage, each one has a synthesizer, they're all playing it, you know, and hoping they stay in time. When you listen to the Human League, for example, you realize that you know they're slightly off time a lot of the time. That wasn't super practical for a lot of people to do that. Uh, but what MIDI allowed you to do is one person could take four synthesizers, hook them up together, set one as a master clock, and you know let them all play the sequences perfectly synced. And so that was a revolution that allowed for a, really a democratization of synth music. And a lot of people were able to start making it in a way... That They weren't earlier now in the in the era of um, digital audio workstations. You have another round of democratization of music making where at this point, you don't even need to go to a studio to record, you know, in the old days, you wanted to play a profit five, you wanted to play a Jupiter eight, okay, you go to a studio and you play it. And, I mean, they're still pretty cost prohibitive. Nowadays, if you want to buy the real thing, but you know, you you can have a Jupiter eight emulation or a profit five emulation that that's really good in your laptop. Very little outlay of cash for it. Easy to learn on your own. And, you know, you have these tools. I don't remember who it was who said this, but someone recently said that, you know, someone working in Logic today has more tools at their disposal than someone had working in a million-dollar studio in 1985, you know, in 1985 dollars as well. So multi-million in today's dollars. And you have more at your disposal now just in your laptop. So it's interesting to me, Synthwave is bound up in, with technology, but it's also interesting to me in the fact, kind of from a conceptual standpoint, that it's, it's this like reinterpretation of an old technological paradigm within a new technological paradigm. And, yeah. and as kind of a cultural critic, I find that fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's, look, I don't know, if folks. If I, like, I know some people are not into the synthwave thing, but, like, it's awesome. <laughs> it is a really interesting sound to come out. And I don't think of it. I know it's sometimes referred to as retrowave, wave is, mm-hmm. is sometimes a, a term used. But I personally don't much care for that word because I don't think that the people making the music are being retro in a nostalgic sense. Yeah. I think there's this, there's this more of the sense of, like, we're taking something an aesthetic and we are we are playing with it in a totally different context which is a thing that music does uh, I mean, if you go back to rock music, like, I mean, there was Greta Van Fleet was a big thing a couple of years ago, right, doing a very clear homage to sort of 60s and 70s rock music, right? And and that's part of what was their appeal was they were taking that and reinterpreting it much for more for a modern audience. And I think that that's part of what music is great at is is taking these different modes, putting them in different contexts and reconceptualizing them over time. You know, and, and synth synthwave I think is is one of those. When I mean, I discovered it by basically by accident. I didn't even know what the hell it was. I just heard a tune and was like, I I don't know what this sound is, but I love it, and I want more of it. And then I just then I found out what synthwave was, and it became easy. Uh, but before it was like me digging through tunes, trying desperately to find the the ones with that sound. And and it's I I really enjoy I think the way that it sounds it elicits a lot of very interesting emotions when you listen to synthwave because of the way that the synths sound, the different chord progressions that you've got working, even the, the like beats, because uh, if you're an EDM listener, the the BPM is different from a lot of what you might think of as your traditional dance music. And, and you m- can get variation even in that. So you can have some like in your album, for example, where there's a much faster BPM and then some where it's much slower, but they all change the tone and the feel of what you're feeling, but they're all part of the same genre right? It's not like we've switched to ambient all of a sudden. It's all part of the same thing. It's very versatile, I think, is what I would say. That, that I think, is leading me to the question of what appeals with Synthwave. For me, it's those things really appeal. But what about for you? What appeals about Synthwave?
1: Yeah. So for me, it's a few things. I think, first of all, I've always been in love with the synthesizer ever since I, I first heard one. It was My dad had a Vangelis album and it was all oh. synthesizers on record. It, and I remember putting it on and just being like, what is this? This is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then I started, you know, when I was a little bit older, I got really into bands like Depeche Mode and New Order and, you know, stuff like that. So so really that kind of gloomy 80s British synth pop. Always loved it. I loved how kind of modern and new it sounded. I also love guitar music. I play guitar. I've always loved guitar music, too. It's not an either-or thing for me. It's a both. But the synthesizers just always had a lot of romance for me, and particularly the ones that don't try to sound like a real acoustic instrument, the ones that just try to sound like themselves. So the analog synthesizers where you've got a sawtooth wave and a square wave and filters and envelopes and things like that. And to me, there's just so much soul and so much kind of fascination in there. It's like science fiction in auditory form. And, and that's that's one thing for me. So I've always loved synthesizer music. And for a long time, I was very serious about uh, techno as DJing. Uh, I, when I first heard techno, it, it sounded to me like this is a music with a completely different logic. And I thought that was fascinating. It was very futuristic. And I love I, I loved it. And I still do. But I also, you know, always like traditional song structures and rock music and all that kind of stuff. When I first heard Synthwave, it just felt like this is the kind of music I've always wanted to make, and I just didn't know it. This is what I've been looking for my whole life, and now i found it. It has everything I want. It has synthesizers. It has the 80s, and I'm obsessed with the 80s. It, it, it has you know, driving up-tempo beats. It has slower ballads, really. If you think of someone like Time Cop, 1983, he's got a lot of ballads and uh i love that people don't make ballads anymore and 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 we have them in synthwave right you have music yeah. that's highly evocative of the exact books and films i love like blade runner and neuromancer and things like that and then you have stuff that's you know it's just like playing vice city right it's it's i'm cruising down ocean avenue you know and, and there's palm trees and i've got a teal porsche with the top down and it's just that whole kind of aesthetic which just it's just fun right so yeah. it can be dark, it can be light, it can be slow, it can be fast, it can be angry, it can be sad, it can be upbeat and happy, but it's always fun. And, and I think that's that's really what drew me in and captured me. And I do want to say also that actually when I first discovered it, it was through a nerds project, interestingly oh. enough. We did a special module in 2015 called Cyberpunk Revisited. The idea was to go oh, yeah. back to the original Cyberpunk novels and some of the related movies and and so forth and re-examine them from the standpoint of today or six years ago. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go on Spotify. I'm going to find music that fits this movie. I wrote Cyberpunk Playlist and I get this playlist. (laughs) It's got all kinds of stuff on it, but it has two synthwave artists on there, Makeup and Vanity Set and Laserhawk. And specifically it was Makeup and Vanity Set's album 8888 and Laserhawk's album Skull and Shark. And I just listened to those two albums to death. That's like, this is incredible. And I went down to the related artists and I just followed every single one. Interestingly enough, there's a couple artists that I discovered, I already knew. I just didn't realize they were synthwave. So like Kavinsky or College who were on the Drive soundtrack. I always kind of thought of them as like they're like part of the French house scene and so forth. But (laughs) then realized that they're really the progenitors of of synthwave. And, uh, you know, deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole
0: yeah so you and I went both went through the rabbit hole of of Spotify playlists. I imagine yep exactly. That's what Spotify's <laughs> good much.
1: for discovery.
0: It is remarkably good. uh I think in large part because of users because you know I imagine we both follow a number of synthwave playlists that people update. And that's how I found a lot of the synthwave that I've, when I first discovered it was that that was the method because otherwise it was like YouTube, you know, hour long set list that people would put together. And I've never lived in a place where there was much of a music scene for the kind of music I liked because I'm more of an EDM person as far as my, my, my music that I want to dance or, or see live. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been interesting to sort of experience this music by way of, discovering massive walls of playlists and finding out what kinds of stuff I like, which I think makes sense that maybe we should talk a little bit about some of our favorites before we talk in particulars about your album, because you did a synthwave album and so you're going on my favorite list because I'm, I'm curious I imagine we have slightly different tastes in the kinds of synthwave that we really enjoy but for myself it's folks like Essinger, Dance with the Dead Because I think Dance with the Dead because they do lots of like guitar work and they, they bring in lots of good guitar solos which I just enjoy Cassetta or FM84 The Midnight, you've mentioned Time Cop 1983 which is a favorite, Midnight Danger I, I also discovered because I don't remember if you remember this but uh, Spotify I did a whole bunch of advertisements for perturbator mm-hmm. and i was like whatever this is i'm just gonna try it and i i've i ended up really enjoying his like really harsh sort of synth wavy style you know pilot and a couple of others and i do have a i'll put it in the show notes but i do have a synth wave handed down from the heavens playlist that i occasionally update but i'm curious for you what are some of your favorite artists so a lot of the ones that you just mentioned i
1: like as well so for example. Um... Midnight Danger is actually on the same label as I am. Ah. Time Cop 1983 is, is one of my absolute favorites. He's someone I've actually come to know I mean, through social media and so forth. And uh, he's actually half Indonesian. So we bonded about that since I used to live in Indonesia. And we talk oh, about cool. food a lot of the time. He's just a really genuine guy. Incredible musician. Just his last album was just unbelievable. And uh, probably of, of all the people out there, he's the one that I feel like has been the biggest influence on my own music. So I... I, I Love everything he's put out. Uh, Makeup and Vanity Set is the other one that I love. And especially, I think, the two albums that he put out, 8888 and uh, Wilderness, to me, those are the best albums that anyone's ever made in Synthwave. They're very science fictional. They're, they're very complex, very moody. What he does with reverb and, and effects and just creates so much space, it's just, from a production standpoint, it's just mind-blowing. But the songs are really... Uh, very evocative, very emotionally resonant for me. Just incredible music. And, and there's a ton of other people that I like to listen to as well. Um, too many to name, but just a few. There's a a, a guy from Greece named Dimi Kay, who I really like. And he's actually going to guest play guitar on a song on my forthcoming album. There's another person I'm also friends with. Her name's Sarina. She goes by and she does kind of like a synth wave darkwave or goth hybrid music, Vandal Moons another person I've I've collaborated with and he makes incredible music. Also in that same vein, mixing things like post-punk and and darkwave and so forth with synthwave and I love that. FM Attack, who's one of the original synthwave artists, he's been recording since 2009. Every single thing he puts puts out is is just magic. He has a song called Magic also, but every <laughs> everything he puts out is is just fantastic. Betamax is another one I love someone who's been producing for a long time, Miami Nights, 1984, who really, I think, embodies the, the cool factor of Synthwave more than anyone else I can think of.
0: I forgot to mention that one, because that's also a really good album.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Turbulence. That is an incredible album. And my favorite thing he ever did was a remix of the song So Real by Silent Gloves. The chord progression that he puts under the vocals is, is kind of unexpected, and it's almost sort of offhand in a way. And and it's just, just so good. And I just go back to that album over and over and over again. And that song in particular, that remix, over and over again. And it's just so good. Laser Hawk is also the same thing. Everything that that he puts out is incredible. Elevate the Sky um and Glitbiter, those are two local LA people that are, you know, a little bit more underground, but they're really good. Highly recommend them both. Mitch Murder.
0: Oh, Mitch Murders. Mitch Murder, Fantastic. Yeah,
1: and especially some of his, like, he did that one album, Current Events. That's another kind of watershed moment for the genre, I think, where it's just, it's so cool and so on the nose and so perfect. There's a song called In the News, where it has these samples from 80s newscasts, and the song kind of evolves in some unexpected ways, and it's just, it's great. There's a whole section where the, the, the newscast is talking about a, a robot bartender and everything, something goes wrong with the robot bartender. And this is from a real newscast <laughs> and the music's just kind of going underneath and it's just, it's so cool.
0: That's awesome. Didn't Mitch Murder do the Kung Fury soundtrack? He did,
1: yes, which is fantastic. Yeah. And there's a few other people on there. Um, my friend Highway Superstars on it there. is another person to mention who is also on there. Betamax is also on there. Yeah, and of course, David Hasselhoff has an appearance as well.
0: Yeah, if you all want to hear a, delightful 80s homage slash parody that the kung fury song with david hasselhoff is both a surprisingly very good and and listenable tune that you can sing to but just an utter joy (laughs) i love it so much yeah oh another
1: one i want to mention is vampire stepdad he's a buddy of mine i've mastered his work he's played guitar in a couple songs of mine but what the idea behind the name is that this is a fake sitcom an 80s-style multicam sitcom about a mother gets remarried and the new husband is a vampire. And it's about the vampire trying to raise human children. And all his albums (laughs) have these little sketches in the beginning, and they're hilarious. And his music's great, too.
0: (laughs) Well, awesome. Well, I will try to make sure that I have links for everyone so you can check out... As many of those as you would like if you're wanting to check out some synthwave artists or interested in maybe getting into synthwave for the first time. Or if you're listening to this and you've never heard of synthwave, well, you're about to be surprised with the greatest EDM sound of the modern era. You're welcome. Also, we should note, like, you know, The Weekend has borrowed a lot of aesthetics from, from synthwave. Um, you could, I would argue that The Weekend is a synthwave artist. You know, a number of his tunes are just, they're just synthwave tunes with vocals.
1: Yeah, Blinding Lights is that's a synthwave song. Yeah, and you know it's produced by Max Martin, who the person who's produced basically fifty percent of all pop songs over the last decade. But he's he knows what he's doing, and he you know made a perfect synthwave song essentially.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so I want to turn to your album because you've got an album coming out called Wanderers. Uh, it includes a number of different songs, including the song called Wanderers. And I and I wanted to start with kind of a difficult set of questions, which is talking a little bit about a, about process, because I think it would be interesting to hear, how, like, where do where do the ideas for tunes first sort of germinate for you before you start, like, throwing things down in, you know, can't remember which uh, platform you use, but whichever DAW you happen to use. And I guess that would be the first place to start, would be, like, when it comes to song creation, like, how do idea, musical ideas in your head, where do they start
1: for you? So fiction writers often talk about you know, people being divided into two categories. You've got planners and you've got pantsers who are flying by the seat of their pants. I am 100% in the pantser category. Or as another friend of mine in the scene, Turbo Knight mentioned, he mentioned to me once, he said, I'm a see what happens kind of guy. And and that's how I feel as well. I don't usually have anything planned where I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. But I sit down, I use Logic. So I sit down in Logic and I, you know, pull up a software synth, or I hook in one of my hardware synths, put my fingers down and I just start playing a pattern. Typically a song for me starts with either a synth arpeggio or it starts with a bass line and chord progression. And from there I try to build out and I see what happens. Three out of four times it doesn't go anywhere. So for me a lot of the the process is just sitting down and getting the bad ideas out. And then I hit on something and I'm like, hold on, That's, that's not so bad. I can do something with this. And then I build a little bit more put in the drums, try to get a loop. Once the loop looks good, I try to think of what the, what's the melody, try to put the melody on there. Is this a chorus or is this a verse or is this going to be more of a pattern-based dance music type arrangement where it's really more about build-ups and, and you know, breaks and things like that rather than song parts? And uh, you know, then I'll, I'll see where it goes and, and half of those get to that point, but then they don't go any farther than that. And then the other half turn into songs. So that's really how it works for me. I also have bursts of creativity. For example, my last album, Concrete Island, which is really more of a synth soundtrack than synthwave per se, that really kind of came out of the post-November 2016 depression, where it just kind of felt like, wow, this is everything's just going to hell, and I want to process this and make sense of this. And the idea that kind of popped into mind was, you know, what if this was the collapse point for the U.S., and 40 years later, someone comes to the smoldering ruins to explore. I was like, oh, I've actually kind of read this book. It's Hello America by J.G. Ballard. This is an actual novel. (laughs) So then I thought, well, what if David Cronenberg, who adapted Crash, the J.G. Ballard novel, what if he had made Hello America into a film in 1983? What would be the soundtrack to that movie? And that's where Concrete Island came out of
0: like a concept album basically yeah
1: yeah but it it came out of me being depressed and playing some arpeggios with a profit (laughs) profit a pro one emulation and just being like oh this sounds really cool and creepy and reminds me a little bit of john carpenter and things kind of came from there. The concept came a little bit later.
0: So I love this idea that the the noodling around, which I know that you and I had talked because I've started playing around with music and and very loosely playing around. And I think I'd said to you the same thing of like actually sitting down with like a MIDI keyboard and just noodling sounds is really helpful in a way that trying to like put it all out in a, a MIDI sequencer is a lot more difficult. For some reason, that tactile like it's a it's an actual keyboard really helps to sort of get the ideas flowing. Totally.
1: If I have a tune in my head, if I'm like you know do 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 you know I'll draw it. I won't play it. I'll draw it because it's easier. It's faster. But if I don't know what I want, if I just want to sit down and see what happens, you know, I need to use a keyboard because you just want your fingers to move and and see what sounds good and what doesn't sound good.
0: Yeah. So what are some of your go-to plugins? I know that you've mentioned a number already of plugins that, you know, folks use to emulate different synthesizers, but without naming like literally every plugin on earth, what are some of the, your favorite plugins since things that you like to work with the most?
1: Yeah, so I use both hardware and software, but I'll, I'll stick to software now. So a few of my favorites, one of them is by a Russian company called Tal, or Togu Audio Line, I think it's their full name. And it's called You Know LX, and it's basically a emulation of the uh, Roland Juno 60, which is a classic single oscillator analog synthesizer with this beautiful chorus. And it's it's inexpensive, it costs I think $60 to buy... It's very versatile. It sounds lovely. It fits well on a mix. That's one of my go-tos. I also use some of... There's a German company called Juhe and they have a, a couple that I use a lot. One's called Diva, which takes modules from different classic synthesizers, and you can mix and match. So there's a Juno or a Jupiter oscillator. You can mix that with a Moog filter or the Korg MS-20 mm. filter, things like that. It, it sounds... Really good, easy to program. I love that one. And they make another one called Repro, which emulates two sequential circuits synthesizers, the Pro 1 and the Prophet 5. And then the last one I'll mention is, I think it's a Swedish company. The company, I can't remember, it's called OPX. And it's an emulation of some of the old Oberheim synthesizers. It doesn't sound exactly like the real thing, but it's also the most analog sounding VST I've ever played with because it it has that sort of warmness and imprecise quality that you get with hardware and that you sometimes software sounds too clean. And that one does not sound clean.
0: Okay, great. So then this this other question, which we've kind of already talked about because you've obviously done a concept album. So I'll try to gear this more particularly to Wanderers, which is, you know, when it comes to musical structure, and I've listened to the album, and there's a lot of different types of songs that you've got going on. You've got, I, I suppose, what we might call more more pop-oriented songs in terms of the song structure. We've got more, not quite ambient, but more leaning in that ambient style. It's not necessarily about the beat. It's about the the feel of the scents and the chords and so on. But when it comes to, to musical structure, what kinds of things were you thinking about when you are putting together Wanderers, given that it does have a lot of versatility Well, versatility is not something you find a lot of in synthwave,
1: unfortunately. If you think back to classic albums, like rock band albums, you'd have a couple up tempo songs, you'd have a couple ballads, you have a couple mid tempo songs, you have sort of party songs, you have sad songs, you have a range of emotion, a range of vibes, so to speak. Your typical synthwave album, you get 10 songs of the same vibe, and that might be a great vibe. And it might be incredibly well done. So there's a, a group called Hotel Pools. And they do what's the style called chill synth, which is slower, often has you know, detuned synthesizers. You know, it kind of evokes sitting by the pool with palm trees around in, in, in you know, 1984 Los Angeles at a rooftop hotel pool, something like that, or your, some mansion in the Hollywood Hills. It's incredible music. It's so good. But... You know, every album is 10 songs of their signature sound and signature vibe. And I'm not saying that's the wrong approach, but I wanted to do something differently. I wanted to make an album where it all sounded like it came from one person and one from one session. But it wasn't just communicating a specific aesthetic or vibe, but rather had a real range of things that it was tackling. So the album has starts with Starshine, which is very ambient. It's very kind of science fictional in a lot of ways. It's about looking up at the canopy of stars.
0: Yeah, I was I was thinking a, a, like a cityscapes kind of song. You're just kind of in in that that environment is kind of how it felt
1: exactly. And then it goes into Memory of Ice, Memories of Ice, and you know which is very up tempo, very fast paced. It does have a phenomenal guitar solo by Demi K, um, which just he is an incredible guitarist. And and then from there, it goes into Wanderers, which is really a pop song. And I wanted to take that range and say, what if you have these three songs, which on the face of things just seem very different, but then when you listen to them together, it makes sense. It feels like a journey. And I wanted the album to be like that, to really feel like a cohesive whole, a journey that will take you to different places and, and, and different express different feelings. Because honestly, as human beings, you know, we're, we're not all happy all the time. We're not all sad all the time. We're not all angry all the time. We're not chill all the time. We're not enthusiastic and want to drive fast all the time either. It's, it, it's all these things.
0: Well, I, I, I will say that uh, I've got a bunch of favorites. So it's but I will tell you that if you like Synthwave, you're going to find quite a number of tunes on here where you're going to want to listen to them again and again. I will say that Starshine is one that's going immediately on my Spotify playlist, like right away, because I absolutely adore the the feel of that song. But I also really liked Wanderers. I really enjoyed Remember and Gardens of the Moon. I love Spiral. I, I mean, I, I liked all the tunes, but like there were some that just like really just grabbed me. You know what that's like when you listen to an album and like there's just some that just like seep into to your soul and those are some of the, the songs that I've just like I I had starshine going in my head I think about five minutes before we started talking and then you made me think of essenger again and then and then a song came in but I, I was I had that tune in my head and that ambiance of the way that the song sounds and I think that's a really good sign <laughs> anytime I listen to an album where I don't have the album on but I'm thinking of songs from it that's usually a really good sign so whatever the hell you did you did a good job <laughs> Is Thank what you. I'm saying.
1: It only took four years.
0: <laughs> only took four years. So when does the album
1: exactly come out? Uh, so I believe it's coming out on the 24th, but there may be a little bit of variability on the exact date. But it's going to be a- around that time. Awesome. Very excited to launch this out into the cosmos, so to speak. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see you know how people react to it, both in the synthwave scene, and, and then also you know I think that you know you and I are both coming also from the science fiction and fantasy world and and i think there's going to be some maybe some appeal there as well a couple of the song titles are referencing steven erickson books and uh there's definitely a science fictional theme that runs throughout and it would be kind of you know my opinion might be a good soundtrack to have on while you're you know gaming or or uh reading or anything like that
0: i mean synthwave just as a genre feels like a genre that science fiction nerds should just love by default (laughs) Because it it is, I and you were saying this earlier. It is very much. It sounds like the soundtrack to like a science fiction world. Yeah, and a
1: lot of it really, I think, is closely bound up with with gaming. Um, if you listen to Mitch Murder, a lot of this music sounds like Sega Genesis music. Yeah, it really does feel like that 16-bit era music, and you know, I, not just the Genesis, but you know, it was F Zero, the the Nintendo game, Super Nintendo. Yeah, game. the music sounds a lot like mitch murder and people do they have these you know on twitch people put synth wave on while they're while they're gaming it's a very common mode of consumption so to speak especially for the instrumental music
0: all right well uh There you have it, folks. Uh, A whole new episode's complete. I do want to hear from you if you are a Synthway fan or you were just discovering it. What do you think about the genre and what are some of your favorite artists? If you want to let me know, uh, seanduke.net slash contact or at seanduke on Twitter if you would like to. The G, who is my magical guest this week, if you'd be so kind, would you let folks know where to find you and your music?
1: Yeah, so if you want to buy the album, the best place to go would be uh, my label's Bandcamp. So that's newretrowave.bandcamp.com, and you can find me there. Uh, My previous albums are on a great UK-based label called Timeslave Recordings, and that would be timeslaves.bandcamp.com. And then I'm also on Spotify. Uh, My name, The G, does not have the greatest SEO. So if you just write The G Wanderers, you will get there. And otherwise, you know, you can find me on Twitter at nerds underscore feather, also on Facebook and Instagram and elsewhere. My Instagram is music by the G.
0: Awesome. And I definitely recommend checking out the album. Obviously, also check out the label. They do a lot of really good stuff. So which... It makes sense because you're on there. So, of course. But yeah, do check out the, the label. And, and thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I know it was a real trial for you to come out and talk about Synthwave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, combines two of my
0: favorite things, Synthwave and talking. So, happy to be Perfect. here. <laughs> awesome. Uh, make sure everybody check out Joy Factory Monthly on your favorite podcatcher. If you enjoy the show, five-star reviews on iTunes. And you can support me at patreon.com slash thejoyfactory if you like. Otherwise, joyful transmission concluded.